overlook pop culture. You are listening to the next report. We have officially hit a milestone. Um, two, in two ways. One, episode number 50. Woo! Oh. Yeah! <laughs> and and um, this is also the um, final episode that I know of that possibly the final episode that will be recorded at, well, my old place of residence, because I will be moving uh, at the end of this month. Uh, we'll see what happens. If it turns out I record one more here with uh, Stephen Tompkins or Stephen Kelly, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, but I figured number 50 had to be here, because it's kind of, you know, kind of setting everything up as a studio. It's, you know, it's bringing kind of a tear to my eye, but I met a very, very special person, and and she and I get along very, very well. So, uh, with that said, change of scenery for me is in order. I still intend to do podcasts and everything else. It's just new planning. And speaking of new, uh, we're going to kind of for the experiment with a newish format because the tagline of the site is Unix and Overlook Pop Culture. So, for the first few minutes, um, we're going to be talking about something related to technology, software, that sort of thing. But the second part of it, um, you all are in for a real treat because um, finally you're going to hear some pro wrestling talk from Stephen Kelly. We'll kind of, kind of segue into that a little bit. Um, the first part of this podcast, you know, it's kind of a theme, you know, doors closing, new ones opening. Um, a lot of people probably by now have heard of Ubuntu and the company Canonical, who got really popular by giving out free CDs back when downloading them just wasn't as good of an option for various reasons. Corrupt downloads happen quite a bit especially on dial-up. <laughs> or you just had dial-up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I once uh, put in the whole, you know, ship it or you ship it or something like order for, like, just give out a box full of CDs, and they actually sent them. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I was like, you know, send me a 50-pack or something, <laughs> 25, 50-pack. I can't remember which. It was just... It was just ridiculous, but it got to the point where they, they quit doing that, which you can understand why that got, kind of gets expensive after a while. So they're about to, about a week or so, they're going to be releasing their latest long-term service release, 1404. Um, and, you know, some things are closing, new doors are opening, that sort of thing. Um, have you had a chance to look at this thing yet? Yes, I haven't. I haven't tested the beta yet, but I have. I have been looking forward to this release in particular because I'm 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 a big Ubuntu fan. I've I've used Ubuntu for uh, just about three years now. Uh, I I like Ubuntu Linux because it's it's fairly stable, it's quick, and, and it gets the do- job done when I need to do something. I don't want to use Windows. <laughs> right. Um. It was actually one of their first releases that worked on my compact Rosario notebook that 
where the sound was working and everything, whereas when I transferred the door to sound audio just wasn't working, and I'm like, oh, but then that would give me hope. I'm like, wow, this is really progressed. Um, they, you know, there, there's um, XORG is still sticking around. Yeah, the, it's unfortunate, really. But however, it's it's not so unfortunate at the same time because uh, if you have not heard from one of the previous episodes that we've talked about Ubuntu and Mir, uh, they were originally going to release what was called XMir, which was basically a compatibility layer between XORG and Mir, which was supposed to run on Ubuntu 13.10, but due to uh, time constraints and various other things, they've been pushing it back. And then they had originally said that they were going to release 14.04 with Mir straight out. But due to the fact that XMir was delayed, 14.04 for the sake of stability will not have Mir on it, which is a good thing. And also is not a good thing, because then you don't get to experience this new software with this device convergence that Ubuntu is really pushing. Um, yeah, absolutely. They're they're trying to be on phones, tablets, and computer systems. And they've done some Canonical's done some controversial moves, such as um, the Dash search going to Amazon's servers and paying it in order to get more revenue. And that didn't please a lot of people at all. They got upset with that. Now it's opt-in. It's going to be opt-in. Which, you know, some people are going to say, finally, at last, we have a choice in the matter and everything else. But another one is they're, they're discontinuing Ubuntu 1, the file syncing service and storage service. Which um, I, I I've used it myself, but not very much. I personally was not too uh, um, surprised by the Ubuntu One service. It is the first cloud-based storage service that I've used, and as far as I know, one of the first cloud-based storage uh, services out there, um, at least for the Linux side. Uh, but I, I wasn't too too uh, impressed by it, mostly because it, it wasn't all that speedy, and they only offered 5 gigs of storage off the bat, and which at the time was a lot. However, I wanted to be able to back up all my music to it, and I had about uh, 25 gigs of music. Oh. So that wasn't going to work. But now that... Uh, a couple of years later, a couple of years more down the road, Google decided to open up its service and let you upload up to 20,000 songs, regardless of the size. So uh, that, that benefited me. But I did use Google Drive, uh, or I mean Google Drive. <laughs> Let's focus on the open source part. <laughs> uh, the uh, Ubuntu One files for a brief period, uh, it, it did work and allowed me to sync between a couple of computers, but uh, I just wasn't a big fan of it. And depending on how many files you have, it could take a while to sync across all platforms, especially if they're quite distance away from each other. So, um, personally, I think what they ought to do is encourage people once they release the source for this to 
add on to it and be able to set up their own file sharing servers and and that sort of thing and even integrate with existing online storage services. So you know that's kind of my view on that. And that and that's going to be the next uh, destination of my district journey for this year because I like well, fourteen oh four, let's see how far they come. So we'll see what happens then. But um, right now it's, it's canonical. Canonical seems to be admitting to some mistakes of focus and trying to narrow their focus a little bit. Do you think they should give up on here and just go with uh, Wayland instead, or, or are they fine with trying to go their own way on the, the display server? Uh, well, considering that they've spent more time on Mir rather than on Wayland, which was their original project to begin with, they had been they had been pursuing this for a while. This idea of a uh, getting away from Xorg because uh, if if anybody's messed with Gen 2 or any Linux distribution where you had to basically build it from scratch. We all know that Xorg is a pain in the butt. Mostly because it's it's built for legacy hardware. It was it wasn't necessarily built for newer hardware. It works. It works just fine. It's just it's hard to configure and it, it poses some problems especially with graphics drivers and everything else. It's it's just so it's so bloaty and it's, it, it needs trimming or needs refined. And I personally think that Ubuntu is or Canonical should keep their focus on Mir because if they drop Mir and go back to Wayland, which everybody else is supporting, however, Ubuntu has been going their own direction for a while, and since they they've already got phones that are going to be shipping out this year that are going to have Ubuntu on it, which will have the mirror compatibility layer, they should stick with it if they've already got people on board and everything else. It's, it's probably something they should stick with. And initially they were going to, going to go with Wayland, and then, and then the whole, you know, the whole we need to go our own direction happened, similar to Google going, you know, forking WebKit and creating the blank rendering engine, and then up and System D, you know, trying to replace part of the boot up sequence, those sorts of things. Um, that's that stuff tends to happen, but um, one of the reasons why you know I keep looking at Ubuntu is because I discovered I could replace most of my functionality with with this. Well, I could watch, you know, video and everything else. And you know, when I get you know more settled in where I will be at and about half an hour away from this current location, I may try to get a subscription to the WWE network and watch some pro wrestling. Um, and what have you. Um, by the way, what... The Undertaker's streak, by the way, is over. Yes, I believe you and I were talking about that a little bit ago. And it, if I'm not mistaken, you, you said that it was Brock Lesnar that caused the streak to be over. Pretty much. And then soon after, he 
he basically, basically came out saying that he's retiring. Now, or Stephen Kelly, which, by the way, well, everybody will know by now for sure, but this is, you know, time of recording. At the time I was looking at it, Stephen Kelly was like, looks like he may be retiring because, boom, his week is over. Um, the whole sequence was Undertaker uh, gave Lesnar the last ride, and then and then eventually, you know, then got back up. You know, tombstone him. Uh, two count. Went for one more tombstone. And Lesnar countered with an F punk. And apparently it was the third one match, and bam, he got him. Um, you know, kind of like the theme of, you know, one door closing and another one opening. Um, I think it was time for that thing to just kind of end so that we could actually move on with this life because each year he just hurt himself more and more. Well, I mean, how long has he been in the business? I mean, he's, he'd probably be considered a veteran by a lot of other wrestlers. Um, he's been in it for a while, since I was a child. Nearly, He's nearly 50 now, so... Um, Sting is older than him, I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> and Sting had been more active than he was. He was showing up once a year because some of the stuff is just... that he was doing was, you know, unreal. And, like, how are you not destroying yourself doing that? So, um, you know... Agile for a big man, he could fly with ease, but it's just like at some point, you know, body's like trying to tell you, okay, enough's enough. It's time to retire. <laughs> um, so, th- this second half of the podcast is going to have, you know, Kelly's review of WWE Network. He seems to be liking it so far. Um, it's Basically, you get all the people views. This is, has USA Network up in arms and other TV networks because, well, they're kind of losing control. Do you think you'll get a subscription to them? Um, I don't know. I, I may, you know, within six months or so. I think my first goal is going to be, uh, well, perform a couple upgrades on my PC and may or may not get a PS4. That's, that's what I've been wanting to get for a long time, so... I don't know. I'm, I might. That's up in the air. <laughs> no. It'd be great just to see old Vincent shows again. But, um, anyway, um, here is um, the overview review of the WWE Network um, from a guy who knows quite a bit about pro wrestling. Here is Stephen Kelly. Hello everyone and welcome to another mini-segment of The Next Report. My name is Stephen Kelly and I am not, unfortunately, with uh, Thomas and Stephen today because of my typical work shenanigans, but figured uh, we were going to try this new thing where if this happens I can uh, record stuff via the internet and ship it in. That way I can still somewhat be part of the show. Uh, what I wanted to talk about today was uh, a recent trend that 
I thought was pretty exciting, and that is the uh, the upcoming new way that they're going to be handling TV, and in specific, uh, the WWE Network. Uh, now, a few a few years ago, I became what uh, many people call a cord cutter, which means I grew tired of crazy expensive cable television costs, and ended up basically just getting rid of it entirely. The town that I live in, there's a, a single cable company, unless you wanted to do satellite, but living in an apartment building, that's pretty much out of the question. And due to this, the cable company can pretty much charge whatever they want. Now, if you wanted to have a DVR or any premium services, you're looking at some outrageous price, which is what I was paying. I it, it, Towards the end, before I end up dropping it completely, I was actually paying over $150 a month, which is ridiculous. So, being a member of Netflix and Hulu and various other uh, systems kind of like that, I basically said no and dropped the whole thing. And one thing that I've been, that I was mostly irritated with is the price kept going up mostly because they kept adding in channels like the Dog Channel and the the Style Channel and stuff like that. And let's face it, I am never, never, ever, ever, ever going to watch that kind of stuff. I would probably listen to about, listen, uh, probably end up watching something like 10 channels the entire time I was watching cable. And when my new, uh, relatively recent job started, I was never home during the day, so I could never watch stuff when it first aired. So I was pretty much uh, watching everything recorded on a DVR. So it was pretty much uh, just common sense for me to do what I did. So I've uh, become when I became a cord cutter. One thing I've been really hoping is that more uh, channels follow suit. And this past February, I think the first real uh, contender in that arena, and I think the first shot fired in this war against the cable companies happened via the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. Uh, formerly WWF, now WWE, when they released their WWE Network. Now, the WWE Network's kind of interesting because it's not only a kind of like Hulu slash Netflix type of deal. It actually has 24-hour programming on it. Um, when you go to the main menu, and I'm going to be basing my uh, my review here off of what it looks like on the PlayStation 3, but the internet version of this is fairly similar. But basically, when you first go to the home page, it actually brings up a um, a little screen that says "On Now." And for instance, while I'm talking here, WrestleMania 29 is currently airing, so you can actually click on that, watch it live, uh, you know, on their stream, or you can choose to go back to the beginning in case you've gone and missed it. And I think this is pretty awesome. Um, so far, this is these streaming shows. This is how they're going to air the upcoming WrestleMania 30 pay-per-view and every other pay-per-view, which I'm going to get into that here in a bit. Um, so they're actually going to have live programming on here. Now, with any kind of streaming service like this, you can imagine there's going to be some trouble, um, and I'm hoping that they can get their stuff together uh, between now and WrestleMania because the last thing they probably want is a massive you know, cut in the feed or something. They had... Uh, when the first day that this uh, system actually was up and running, they actually did have a big uh, amount of trouble where 
people weren't able to log on and stuff, but that's just kind of growing pains with anything. You can pretty much expect stuff like that's going to happen. Luckily, unlike the uh, the Obamacare website, they got their stuff together in a timely manner, and within the first week, it pretty much ran flawlessly. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be working pretty well once they get everything going. Now back to the shows. Um, so, the main draw for the WWE Network is the massive library of old stuff that it has. Now, if you run over to the shows tab and then go over to they have a, a couple tabs here pay-per-views in ring originals or vault the pay-per-views tab is exactly what you would imagine it would be it's every single pay-per-view minus i think one or two of wwe or you know world wrestling federation slash wwe world wrestling entertainment ecw which was extreme championship wrestling and wcw which is world championship wrestling so you're talking, the pay-per-view industry started with, with with sports shows and stuff in 1985. Now they didn't do one every year by any means, or uh, 12 every year by any means at that point. But you're looking at hundreds of pay-per-views when it's all said and done. Especially considering you have you know years and years of WCW and ECW stuff. Um, now they've been going in and occasionally, uh, like. They have like kind of I don't want to say placeholder episode or uh, pay per views on some of these, but they do have some situations where like with ECW they had licensed music. Same thing with WCW. So they've actually been going in and occasionally taking a pay per view down and putting it back up, um, less edited than it was before. I know one of the main problems with some of the older ones, the the when they first put it up was that. There is a wrestler who wrestled for ECW named New Jack that used to play um, a Dr. Dre song called Natural Born Killers when he would come out. And it would actually play during his entire match. And that was just part of his gimmick. Problem is, WWE probably doesn't want to chalk out the money for that. So for a while, they just straight up cut his matches out of all the pay-per-views, which is a real shame. He's actually one of the main you know, drawing points of ECW. But they've actually been going in and uh, replacing these. I know uh, I was looking at a news thing, and apparently this uh, upcoming week they're actually going to be pumping in probably 20 to 30 updated versions of these pay-per-views with the music put back in and stuff. It's kind of, you know, the music isn't all bad or anything. I know um, one thing I've been watching lately are the TV episodes of ECW, and they've had to massively go in there and redo some of the stuff. I actually prefer the theme song to the old, the original 93-94 ECW theme to what it actually had. So it's not always bad, but hopefully they'll uh, get more money and uh, go at these as they go. Now, um, so that's the pay-per-views tab. The next tab is the in-ring tab. Now, the in-ring tab is your main WWE shows. You've got Raw... SmackDown, Main Event, NXT, and Superstars. Now, Main Event, NXT, and Superstars run... Well, actually, Main Event and NXT actually air live, as far as I know. Superstars is uh, put on not too long after. And they uh, are updated weekly. Now, Raw and SmackDown is kind of different. Unfortunately, with uh, those two shows, they have a deal with Hulu currently. So... They do have 
a lot of episodes of Raw and SmackDown on there, but they're not 100% current. They have a 30-day wait on them. So, like, the newest episode of Raw actually is from back in January, it looks like, late January. So, at the moment, if you're going to watch Raw and SmackDown, it is unfortunately still a game for you to go on to USA on cable or watch it on Hulu. Um, I would not be surprised if the Hulu deal gets broken in favor of this or the TV deal ends up changing stuff up because one thing that's going on right now is WWE is in the process of um, having multiple companies bid for its television product. So that could massively change what's going on here. And I think that's one reason that they haven't... um, done anything too crazy to get these on here so time will tell um my hope is that in the future they can have raw on like the next day or a week later or something preferably next day that way it'll kind of preserve the uh you know the fact that you're going to have this wwe network you're going to want to jump on there and watch it everything you want now they've also got uh pre-shows and after shows for both raw and smackdown which are interesting they're they're usually like panel discussion type shows and it kind of is presented in a way similar to uh, sports center or some other kind of espn type thing and you know they're not the best but if you're wanting to get uh, some extra material and occasionally some promos and stuff and some commentary you know granted it's a fake sport and everything but it's kind of cool Next up is the Originals tab, which has uh, most of their more exciting stuff here. You've got, um, currently on there, they haven't released every single show that they've made. They've wanted to, you know, get it on there a little bit at a time. They've got a cartoon called Slam City, This Week in WWE, which is kind of like a magazine show. WrestleMania Rewind, which is a video package type thing where they go through old WrestleMania events and kind of do documentaries on them. Um, Beyond the Ring, which is actually a way of them taking their award-winning documentaries that they usually put on DVD releases and making um, episodes out of them. So if you wanted to watch uh, a pretty nice documentary about The Rock, NWO, Mankind, Triple H, etc., they've got them on there, and they're usually a couple hours long. Um, One of the little gems that I've actually been really liking is called Countdown, which doesn't sound like it would be a good show because it's basically like a VH1, remember the 80s type of talking heads thing. But it's uh, like a countdown of 10, for instance, uh, the biggest blunders. And they'll go through and they've interviewed a few people and they're talking about, you know, why they think certain things should be on this top 10 list. And it's pretty entertaining for the most part. Um, now next up, well, back to the originals, um, there's some of the stuff that they're going to eventually be putting on there that isn't on there now. There's going to be a show called the Monday Night War, which as it, as you can imagine, is going to be about the Monday Night Wars, which was the, um, famous time in wrestling history where WWE and WCW were on at the exact same time and feuded with each other. There's going to be a reality show called Legends House where they put a bunch of famous wrestlers in a house together and, you know, it's like their version of real world. Sounds like it could be cool. There's going to be um, some kind of live daily studio show, according to this, which might be what... They do have a show on here called This Week in WWE, so I'm wondering if that's not... um, 
the beginning of that and a few other things you know as it goes they've uh, hinted at other shows like a bounty hunter type show starring steve blackman who after uh quitting the wrestling business became a professional bounty hunter so they have some other stuff on there and you know down the road if this takes off i mean they're just going to do nothing but make more programming and i'm excited to see it now as i nearly said earlier next up is the vault which is where you have your old ECW TV episodes, um, World Class Championship Wrestling, WWE Legends of Wrestling, which is a panel discussion show that used to run on their on-demand uh, service, WWE Old School, which shows 70s and 80s matches, and you know your pay-per-views also have a listing here, even though they're on the other thing. Now, with these programs, they haven't been, you know, they didn't just dump every single one of them on here at one time. They've actually been releasing about four or five of each thing every week. So it makes it to where you've kind of got to go in there and look through them a little bit. But once again, as it goes, I'm hoping that they will uh, eventually fill in their back catalog. And, you know, with the vault, they own, WWE owns the video libraries of tons of companies like AWA and Smoky Mountain. So. Hopefully they can just keep putting stuff on here and just fill it in completely. Um, another thing, I did mention the uh, situation with Raw and SmackDown. Now they actually do have um, the last, I believe, like three years of Raw on there. And also they're starting to uh, fill in a whole lot of them from uh, 1993, some of the first ones. So my my going theory is that they are just going to keep putting them them on there until they eventually have every episode of Raw and SmackDown, etc. Which, you know, if they go that route, maybe we'll see old shows like Shotgun Saturday Night and Velocity and some other stuff. But all in all, I have been very impressed with the WWE Network. Um, I've been watching especially old ECW episodes constantly. So um, the way it works if you want to get in on this service is it's 10 bucks a month. You end up having to make a six-month commitment. Now... That sounds like a lot, but think of it this way. You're actually getting every single pay-per-view, including WrestleMania, for free on top. Well, not free. You're paying for it, but you're not paying the $50 a pay-per-view price that you normally pay. You're actually getting those basically for 10 bucks each, which I think is a, a hell of a deal. And, you know, if this if this if they get enough people and it's able to expand worldwide like they're planning on it. And they just, it's going to do nothing but improve. And I honestly think this is the future for television. Eventually, you know, you're going to jump on your, your device and you're going to go to your CBS channel and you're going to go to your NBC channel or, you know, if Hulu ends up still being around at that point, you're just going to watch whatever you want, whenever you want. The, the time of having broadcast television is going to end and cable companies need to realize that stuff like this is only going to, you know, eventually whip their butt. So, all in all, I'm going to say check it out. I give it two thumbs up. And um, look look forward to eventually, when I get a little bit of free time, I'm going to finish writing up an actual written review with some more details and such. And post it up on the next report, one of its uh, monthly newsletters. But other than that, this has been my little quick two cents on the WWE Network. My name is Stephen Kelly, and I'm going to send it to Thomas and Stephen now for the rest of the show. Thank you. Bye.